Welcome to Six Pennies Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Avignon Realty. If you're a real estate agent located in Houston, Dallas, or anywhere in Texas, actually, look at Avignon Realty to provide you support and infrastructure so you can be a successful agent. Avignon Realty actually offers 100% commission. If you're in the industry, you know that is unbelievable. Just by joining Avignon Realty, you'll get one-on-one performance coaching, you'll get tools at your disposal to work remotely, and you'll get mentoring by the team of experienced brokers. So the best way to find Avignon Realty is by calling our friend Van Din. He is the owner, the lead of Avignon Realty, and his phone number is 469-951-3585. The best thing about this is if you mention Six Pennies Podcast, the first month's brokerage free is going to be waived. Unbelievable. So once again, that's Van Din. His phone number is 469-951-3585 at Avignon Realty. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Mock, are you there? I just realized you can't see me, but I was waving as you were saying that you were going to wave that first month. Oh, this uh, needs to become a, a popular YouTube podcast. Wait, is that what it should be? What, next year. What is it next. exactly? Okay, next year. <laughs> Aloha and hello, Mock. It's time for us to get to something we've been trying to do for a while. I think maybe a year ago or so, we, we did a podcast all about one of our favorite shows of all time, The Office. Yes. And I think both of us have been re-watching this here and there. It's on Netflix. We're watching all the time. And we thought we really need to go deeper into this episode or going deeper into the series. We thought the best way to do this was to kick off a, a brand new segment, um, actually a new episode series for us. The name of the series is called The Vault. What do you think that means? I think it's where you store some of your favorite stuff or your most treasured things, items. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're a Six Pennies Podcast. You got to store up all your goods, all your valuables. And this is these are our most valuable episodes of our favorite TV shows. So today we're going to talk about The Office. We picked one episode. We're going to go deep into that, have a number of questions. And then in future episodes of The Vault, we'll pick different series and then choose one random episode in them and go really deep into them. I'm really excited. This is an episode that you picked, and I would have never chosen it. Like, That's this was exactly, nowhere on my radar. That is exactly what I was going to ask you. So, I chose um, an episode in season three. I think it's episode eight. It's called The Merger. What did you expect? What, what were you thinking when I, when I told you to watch this episode in preparation? Well, when you first told me that uh, you were going to choose an episode from The Office, I was excited because, you know, any excuse to rewatch The Office, right? Uh, True. So, but I was thinking, yeah, I thought it would be first three seasons where the show was at its peak. Uh, but I was expecting more like season two, maybe some Jim and Dwight stuff. Uh, but this this was pretty far in there and yep. uh, not one that immediately comes to mind. Yeah, it's it's not for me either. Um, I'll give you the background for why I decided to, watch, uh, to, decided to choose this one. As you know, sometimes I just kind of go through Netflix and start watching some shows. I was kind of in this area in the season three period. And then I went to San Diego last weekend with my family. And um, we were with some of my nieces and um, brother-in-law. And I guess they had just started watching The Office. Wow. Um, the, nie- the nieces are just now kind of old enough where they can, yeah. they can watch something like that. They're like, you know, um, early teens, preteens. Okay. And so they actually were just watching this episode. And I was like, man, this is a really good one. <laughs> and the other good thing about this is that it's kind of a bridge between the, the first part of the show and, and kind of the, yeah. the next part. And, and you get that when you, start, when you start watching it. Yeah. 
let me go through a really, really brief, uh, just a brief overview of what the show is about, what happened in it. After the first two seasons of The Office, and, and season two really was my favorite, probably the last episode is one of my favorites ever, the casino night, when Jim um, just tells Pam that he's in love with her. It's, oh, spoiler alert, in case you haven't watched The Office, watch it first and then, and then listen to this episode. All right, so season two is, we get to the end and Jim has told Pam that he's in love with her. She rejects him. And now he's left. He's gone to a different branch. He's gone to the Stanford branch in Connecticut. And the first six or seven episodes of season three are all about um, what's happening at both branches at the same time. Um, you get to see what's happening in Jim's world as well as in Pam's world. And now all of a sudden in episode eight, I think it's eight, uh, the two branches are going to merge together. Um, we get to start seeing how the new characters are going to be weaved in. We see Andy and Dwight starting to battle. We see awkward introductions, um, the classic conference room meeting. We get a little <laughs> bit of Jim and Pam that everybody's been waiting for. for it's been probably like a year since, since we had seen anything for screen time uh, of them together. And then, yeah, that's kind of where we leave off after, after this episode. So what, what did you think of the episode, watch, rewatching it through? Uh, you're right. It was a very important bridge episode, obviously. First half or the first seven episodes of season three were good, but they still felt a little disjointed, obviously, without Jim yes. there. Uh, so this was uh, really getting Jim back into the main fold. And it was good. Good episode. Uh, not the funniest, which is why I didn't expect you to pick it. But now that you gave me kind of the background behind that story, it makes sense. And I just want to say I'm kind of jealous of your nieces now. Like, I'm jealous of people who get to watch this for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I was, I was kind of upset because they actually decided to skip a handful of episodes towards Whoa. the end of season two. Because, because their parents thought it was getting a little bit, um, you know, a little bit above their age range in terms of some of the jokes or the humor that was going on or the topics uh. they were discussing. And I was like, wait, you guys don't know exactly what happened with Jim and Pam? They're like, no, but we still like it. So that's the power of The Office. Like, you don't even have to watch the most important, the most important part of the show in the first two seasons, and you still love it uh, moving forward. Hope, hope so. Yeah. Um, okay, so, well, so we, we have a number of questions we want to talk about for this episode and just for this, uh, this segment that we're doing. Um, the first question I have is all about memories and how our memories fail us, because You've probably watched this quite a while ago, and, and you got the chance to rewatch it. Do you remember what you thought of, one, what did you think of the show while you're at this point in the series? And then do you remember any big changes versus like later seasons? Now, now that you're looking back, um, yeah. you know, watching this one episode, how do you feel about the characters compared to at the end of the show? That's a really good question. Sorry, that's, like, that's many questions. Yeah, uh, just regarding the characters and how you feel differently about them, you know, first walkthrough versus multiple rewatches. I kind of judge people now. Uh, like, if, if people really love Jim, I think they've only seen it one time through. Uh, that's kind of the impression that I get. Be or maybe it's just me, because the more I rewatch the show, the more annoying Jim becomes to me. Like, I, yeah. can't, I can't stand Jim, Jim and Pam anymore. Uh, yeah, you so feel the same way. I feel like that's because more of your hatred of Pam that yes that i think has has led to you disliking jim now man you're gonna hate the office soon <laughs> but i think it's uh it's kind of like with friends right so that's another show both of us like first time through you know i love joey i love chandler 
uh, now on every rewatch, like I'm all about Ross now. So I don't know if it's a coming of age <laughs> thing or what, but that's the same way I feel about Jim and The Office. I just feel like it's kind of amateur status to still have him as your favorite character. It definitely is amateur status to think Jim is your favorite. I, I think as you're going, Jim is the most likable and he is built to be the hero throughout the first couple seasons. And yeah. he's, he's a great character. But as you start seeing like more and more of it, more characters develop and then just what happens within the over the course of the show, then you kind of realize like maybe he's not the, the greatest. But I don't know, if you just like look back just at this one or at this point in time when you're watching this, you, you love Jim, right? I did just because, I mean, this was still I, when I was still hoping for Jim and Pan to get together yeah. and all that. But now on this rewatch, one thing that stuck out to me was the first Jim and Ryan interaction where they're oh, it was outstanding fighting over the desk where Jim used to sit, he moved away, and then Ryan took the desk. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm not a big Ryan fan at all, but I'm Nobody team is. Ryan in this one. Wow. Like, that was pretty arrogant of Jim to come back and just assume he could take his old desk back. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's probably true. Ryan is definitely a jerk, and it's a good sign of things to come. I think that's one of the keys of this episode and this part of the, the season is you start to see what they're going to become. You see that Ryan is going to, well, obviously becomes a, a huge jerk later on, but yeah. you, you see the transformation of the characters. Like Kelly Kapoor, for example, the first year to a little year and a half or so, he's just, just like a regular regular quiet office person stereotypical indian character and then she becomes like a valley girl and now all she cares about is celebrities and yeah. it just <laughs> balloons from there what about you like how would you answer that question i remember when i was watching this there was so much anticipation i really was just excited to see jim and pam together and it was just i felt sad because of course we all wanted them to be together and there was this awkward exchange between the two of them in the parking lot after after their first day where he tells her that, um, that he's seeing someone. And I don't know, it was just kind of sad for me. I was like, is this going to work? And then I was just like, well, this is, this is like classic TV comedic yeah. romance formula. Like they're going to get together at some point. It's just, you know, they're, they're taking their time with it. What about now? Like, do you feel sorry for Karen now as you're rewatching it? I will get to Karen in a little bit, but okay. uh, nice, nice tease. Yeah. All right. What, what about you? You got any questions? I was going to ask you what your favorite or the funniest part of the episode was for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little offended that you didn't think this was like super funny. I, as I was rewatching, I was like, man, there's so many great lines in this. There's, uh, I think, Andy coming in and saying that he's going to personality mirror and never break a handshake and uh, name <laughs> repetition and then doing it all with both Michael and Dwight. Like, that was really awesome. And then but I feel like my favorite is probably just the very end when he and Andy start to really have their feud and, and they're mocking each other and making the coughing ex Terra. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that might be, but there's so many things like Michael Scott saying like your pay is not more or less. It's just different. Um, <laughs> and so Andy, I rewatched this last night and yeah. there were two times that I laughed out loud watching it. That's it. Okay. Uh, hold on. Hold one on. was, guess, okay, go ahead. One. One is um, uh, when Martin pounds his chest at Stanley and Stanley gives a funny look. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Uh, second one. Second one. I'm going to go with the Toby attempted fist bump. <laughs> I felt bad for Toby. It was, it was good. It was like really good writing, really good scene. Uh, yeah. But 
The second one was at the very end where they're coughing. Okay, and they're, okay. It's just like back and forth, yeah. uh, trying to cough under their breath, but it's way too much. It's like eight different exchanges. Yeah, yeah, it was too much. It like it was funny. It's just like it, it got it went too far. Um, the other funny one I liked was when Andy is showing Angela the screensaver as cat. He goes, "Angela, you have the prettiest smile," and she's like, "Oh, thank you," and she's like not smiling at all. <laughs> Uh, oh, I don't know if you had this plan, but I thought this was one of the best Andy episodes. I loved Andy. I, I think he's underrated. I know a lot of people don't care for him that much, but I loved his character. And uh, like you mentioned, this was the introduction of the Andy versus Dwight feud. And I think this gets overlooked. I, I Everyone wants to talk about Jim versus Dwight, but that kind of died out after the first couple seasons and it was also so one-sided other than maybe one episode where uh with the snowman uh yes when dwight gets jim back but dwight and andy have a really good thing going back and forth it gets to the extreme because they they fight over a girl uh, yeah. they fight over angela and they they literally fight with the with the prius <laughs> <laughs> high stakes um, man high stakes dude. <laughs> Uh, it's it's definitely an underrated feud. I think they are they are probably two of my favorite characters on the show. I think looking back, Dwight is probably my all time like favorite total throughout yeah. the course of the show. Andy, I think he has a lot of ups and downs, and later in the show, he just I think he tails off a lot. Like he's going to do like movies and stuff, but then his character gets like way too crazy later on, and it becomes way less likable. Yeah, you know who is likable though? Who? Our friend Derek Shaw at Farmers oh, Insurance. Yeah. This episode's also brought to you by our friends at Farmers Insurance and D. Shaw. Uh, make sure to give him a call. So, oh, sorry. Don't, give, don't even give him a call. Just FaceTime him. That's the most important thing. If you need to get a, a quote on auto insurance, home insurance, or life insurance, his phone number, 214-729-6462. You can also check him out at facebook.com slash Derek Shaw Insurance. S-H-A-W is his last name. Make sure you're, you're protected for all your loved ones. Make sure you also give us a shout out. Say Six Pennies Podcast. Mention that to him. Tell him that you know me or Mock or Albie, and he'll give you a outstanding discount. That's all I can say. He's he's a great guy. Great guy. All right. Well, you actually got to my my next question. Basically, or you've you've hit all the points that I was going to get to. But this next question is all about peak performances, and it's uh, you said this is one of Andy's best. Is this like? As good, not not necessarily as good as Andy gets, but where do you think um, some of these characters are in terms of where their peak is going to be in the show? Definitely not Andy's peak. Uh, you know, there's a, I love him because he goes all out all the time, uh, especially when it comes to his romance uh, advances. I will say, sure. you know, with uh, the outside with the drummers or the marching band, and then the acapella call that was incredible. Uh, Acapella call is, is one of the most amazing things. Yes. Yeah, but, but but you know what? Yeah, one of the one of the funniest advances he makes is way earlier, which is I think two episodes after this, when he goes for Pam, and he does like pig Latin, and he <laughs> and he sings in an acapella voice or a, a high pitched falsetto voice. Um, that one's really underrated. <laughs> <laughs> I for, I had forgotten about that one, but I just love his musical randomness, his musical ability. He's yeah. He kind of saves the day. I mean, as much as as much saving as you can do for a Michael meeting, but when you know yes. the CD player doesn't work, he he just jumps right in. This is his first day. Remember, he jumps right in and provides the music for this presentation, and then and then poor Tony, you know, 
Michael yeah. and Michael and Andy just start grinding it and doing yeah. a night at the Roxbury against them. That part is is super cringeworthy. Yeah, I I would say that this uh, while it's not Andy's peak, it, this is one of his peaks. Like this is really really high for him. It's a pretty a pretty impressive performance. Amazing entrance for sure. Yes. Who who else is a good performance here? I was thinking. Well, we can kind of get to this right now. But one of my side questions was of the. Five people who came back or who were introduced in this episode. One of them was obviously Jim. So yeah. uh, one was Andy, who has a big part in the in the show the rest of the seasons. But out of uh, Martin, Tony, and Hannah, I kind of wish we got to see a lot more Martin. Martin was really yes. good. Like, um, well, you also miss Karen. So there's there's six. Oh, Karen. Oh, sorry. But uh, yeah. but yes, I I agree that Martin definitely could have been an addition here. Like he. He would have been a good character. He stays on for a couple more episodes, but then they kick him out when he they find out that he's the convict. Yeah, the convict. I mean, for me, um, I think, like I said, Andy, I think is really high up there. The peak for me is probably not really the character, but just I think Pam's looks are kind of at at the top at this point. Hmm. So I I love Pam. I've always thought that she was really pretty, and I liked her in season two. She's very subdued and quiet. Her hair is always up. And I think here in season three is where her hair is still, you know, partially up, but she's like dressing a little nicer. She's more outgoing and uh, her attractiveness is kind of at a peak performance. And then you put her next to Karen Filippelli, who is also beautiful. And um, this episode is pretty good. Yeah, I, I can't argue. I don't know. I'm, I'm just you super. Just Pam. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm super annoyed at her. So oh, every gosh. little thing she does just really annoys wow. me. Wow. You know, you know, when you get to that point with people, uh, it's just. I don't know. Every rewatch. Yeah, yeah. It's like how we feel with Albie. <laughs> just kidding. But, but Pam, it's just, yeah, I don't know. All yeah, right. All I right. guess you're right. I'll, I'll no love for Pam. Okay. All right. What's, what's the next question? Michael is trying to integrate the new people, and he's trying to make them feel welcome and, and have them all band together as a team. Yeah. So he goes out and lets the air out of everyone's tires and blames on advanced refrigeration. Out of all of the kind of antics that Michael does, they're super annoying. But if you had to picture yourself working there, would this kind of stunt be near the top of the list for like most annoying if, as an employee? Huh. So it has to be things that actually happen in the office to you, to us, right? Right. So I'm just um, thinking. So it's if, not like Scott's tots. That's that's outside of the <laughs> office. <laughs> um, that is that is by far the worst. Yes. Yeah, I think you mentioned that on a previous episode. This one's pretty bad. Like he lets the air out, out of all their tires for no good reason. I think just um, the like the episode where all he has to do is sign some papers, but then he won't do it, and so everyone has to stay late and wait for yeah. him. I mean that that's just annoying, man. Like. Your, your boss can't even just do, like, a little bit of work to make sure that you don't have to stay, like, to 9 o'clock in the evening. Or what about the basketball game where he uh, I mean, that, basically that's... makes them all stay work the weekend, right? Oh, because he, he bet on the game, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically being a bad boss is, is worse than, than this type of situation where he's being a bad person. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I will say that... Even though his like his intentions are good, you know he wants to band the uh, always good, yeah. Band everyone together, uh, have everyone get along. The execution was awful, but at the end of the day, it worked. <laughs> like they all it did banded yeah. together against him. Uh, That's what he told the camera, and you know it's <laughs> jokes on them because at the end of the school year, lunch lady is going to be their best friend. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I think people are definitely going to have to watch this episode before listening to our podcast because uh, a lot of these jokes probably won't make a lot of sense. Any reason to rewatch The Office, you true, should go true. for it. All right. My, my last question is uh, something we've already teased before. It's the biggest what if. And for me, the biggest what if from, from this episode is all about Karen Filippelli, who I think was a very, very interesting character who could have evolved a lot more on the show. Yeah. But she's out after this season. Do you think that she would have been a good character on the show? What do you think would have it would have been like? Um, I think she's... Well, you're right. Maybe she would have evolved more, but what we see from her is pretty one-dimensional. Like, it, it, it's hard to really know what could have been. Like, the way she's presented, she's kind of just a female gym in a lot mm, of ways. Nice, yeah. She's, she's kind of a little too similar to that. Uh, though I do feel sorry for her. I do think her and Jim should have worked out or I don't know. Yeah. I just feel bad. Like she you moved there. That's, she that's moved there is. for him and yes. they were together and then he lied to her. So we we had talked about this before. We joked about this half jokingly. I said, I wonder if I'm team Roy when it comes to Pam yeah. and Pam and Roy. And one of my you friends. Should, you're not, right? Are you? Uh, I think I'm, I'm leaning that way now. Uh, but one of my okay. friends. Twitter linked me to this BuzzFeed article about why Jim is actually the worst. And mm. I'm reading through this, and I agree with most everything on here. Um, so it, it, just makes, it just makes me feel worse for, for Karen. Like, she, okay. she moved to Scranton essentially for Jim and found out about Pam, asked him about it straight up. He lies to her. True. And then... Goes for the corporate job together, and he leaves her there, and comes back to go on a date with Pam. It's, it's just, just not a good look for Jim. Yeah, another super underrated thing that never gets mentioned is he just leaves her completely alone in New York and and goes back to to Scranton. That that's a pretty pretty bad move, Jim. Jim is kind of a jerk. Wow. Okay. Um, I kind of agree on Karen because I was thinking about this. I was like, man, she would have been really good on the show. And then I was like, yeah, I don't think she brings that much to the show. And I think one of the things about The Office that's amazing is that it has so many great supporting characters who yeah. all get, like, their own little glimpses of glory throughout the show. They have tiny little – they're all, like, great bench players. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to balance that. Like, most shows have, like, six – five to six main characters. This show has, I guess, four or five main characters, but then it has, like, ten good supporting characters. Yeah. And I think just adding Karen – I don't think she's going to do much. I, w- I would probably say, actually, The Office might have one or two too many. But in general, like, they have one of the biggest, like, best big supporting casts. Yeah. But going back to Roy, like, I had, a, I had a big what if on Roy. It's later on in the show when she and Roy have gotten back together. And then she tells him that she kissed Jim. And they're at Poor Richard's. And he's trying to drink away his sorrows with his brother about losing jet skis. Yeah. And he loses it. He starts throwing glasses at the bar and he and his brother go crazy. It's like, why would you do that? Like he already knew that something was kind of going on. Like they broke off their engagement. He knew that something was going on with Jim and Pam. Why is he all of a sudden so upset to the point where he like throws a huge tantrum and ruins everything? Like, could that have worked if he wasn't um, such a baby about it? Yes, it could have because that's what she did for their entire engagement. Her heart was with Jim already, but she just kept status quo. And that's kind of why I hate her. 
I, I mean, I can't, I can't blame Roy for. Yes, that that's extreme, but I mean, that's when he finds out that she cheated on him. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a bad. complete breach of trust. And after all this time, like he changed his life for her. Granted, you know, it was not good the first time around. He was not a good fiance, boyfriend, whatever uh, right. you want to call it. But he turned it around. He cleaned himself up. He won her back. He showed up to our art show. Jim didn't show up to our art show. I like, mean, did he? Did he like win her back though? He just kind of was there, and she was like comfortable <laughs> with him and was used to him. But that's, that's and like he, Pam again, he, man. He showed up to the art show with his brother like late, and then he was just like, "Your art is the best art of all the art," and then he left. But that, that's effort, man. That's effort. Is, is that effort? That's like the bare minimum effort. Like he's trying yeah. to do a little bit better, and that's it. I mean, he shows up. He shows up, and that's half the battle, right? Like, who else showed up? Only, only Michael. Michael. Like, it it kind of yeah. shows something that, and that was one of the things from the Buzzfeed article. Like, Jim didn't even show up to the art show, even though he knew how much it would mean to Pam. Oh, wasn't Oscar at the art show too with his partner? Oh, just unknowingly, knowing. Yeah, no, no, I thought that's where they're there, and then uh, he says that the art is uninspired, or is it somebody else who says that? Yeah, I can't remember. All right, let's get off of this. I don't think we're going to agree. I, I am not Team Roy. There's, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. It's, it's Jim and Pam forever. I, I know that later on in the show, I don't love it either, but for these first five seasons or so, like it's always Jim and Pam. Okay, so the, the number one thing that, uh, from the BuzzFeed article that I completely agree with, Jim goes behind, not goes behind her back, but he doesn't tell her when he buys the house. Yes. That is that is. That is awful. Yeah, like, best surprise ever. That, that is one thing <laughs> you can never. The most do unrealistic on your own. thing. Yeah, nobody would ever ever do that. It's not. It's not even like oh, he bought went and bought like an awesome house. He bought his parents' house. Yeah, it's it's kind of creepy. It's not creepy. It's it's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. No, I I agree that that is a very strange part of the show. But he also does you know some pretty incredible stuff for Pam, doesn't yeah. he? I'm gonna link you. And then maybe uh, you'll okay. get on my side. No, it's not going to happen. All right, do you have any more questions? You got one more, right? One other observation that really annoyed me also about Jim, he bought bottled water from the vending machine at the office. I don't okay. know why that really irks me. It's just something, I, like, why would you do that? Yeah, I think that this is a something that did not age well. Offices offer water all the time now, bottled water. I don't know if in 2007, if that was the case, if you always got free water, if it was easy to get, you, you probably had to pay for it. And so I, I'm fine with it. There are things that don't age well in this, in this episode. Like when he's doing the intro video that's a lazy, scra- uh, lazy Scranton, that's like a lazy Sunday mock. Like I was watching my nieces as they were watching it. They had no idea what was going on. I mean, it's an SNL skit from 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right, last question. If you had to pick a winner from this episode, who would you pick? Oh, who wins the episode? Uh, wow. Well, b- before we get to that, I think the best way to win would be to go to Tasty Tales in Richardson, Texas. Like, Yes, sir. I'm getting hungry. I could really use some good crawfish. I don't know about you, but maybe we should make the trip up there. They're open Sunday to Thursday, 11 to 9 p.m., Friday and Saturday until 10 p.m., uh, they have that five ninety nine crawfish 
for um, for the right in the middle of crawfish season uh, on Tuesdays, and it's fresh. It's uh, live crawfish from the Gulf, and that's not the case everywhere you go. Uh, make sure to hit up Happy Hour as well, Thirsty Thursdays on Thursday. Um, they got Sunday Fun Day specials. And once again, just make sure to mention Six Pennies Podcast, and you're going to get a great discount there. 15%, right? Yes, sir. Amazing. Six Pennies saves you 15%. All right. Um, who wins the episode? I think the winner of the episode is probably Andy Bernard. How do you feel about that? I like it. It was a very great performance. Great entrance, like we mentioned earlier. I'm going to pick Tony. Tony, Tony Gardner. Tony Gardner. Okay. Uh so one of the things about The Office is uh, Michael, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but he's just a terrible boss overall. Like, if we had, in real life, like, no one could stand him. But Tony is the one of the only people in the entire series that actually gets to tell him off and actually gets to speak his mind about Michael. And he does it when he's quitting or trying to quit his job on the first day and, and Michael ends up firing him, which makes him even more of a winner because then he gets severance. <laughs> like that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think if you fire somebody, you, they, they don't always get severance, right? If there's cause, I guess there's not really a cause. Yeah. I yeah, guess they no did cause. have to give severance there. He, he laid him off. Uh, the other person that, that tells off Michael would be uh, Stanley later in the show, right? Yeah. And then he almost loses his job for it. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good pick. I, I still go Andy Bernard, St. Bernard. I think like towards the end of the show, he says that Dwight won the battle. Um, <laughs> I will win the next, the bigger battle. Uh, but I don't think Dwight won anything in this episode. I think it was all Andy the whole time. It sets him up for success later. Uh, he's really laying it on Dwight all over the episode. Um, he's funny throughout, and then he gets Michael to like him right away. He's, he's very yeah. impressive. Dwight had a little victory uh, with just so before everyone showed up, he had randomly picked Tony to Tony, fire. yeah, to to fire, and then that ends up happening. But yeah, this was this was a great Andy episode. I'm okay with Andy and and Tony kind of sharing that trophy. Oh, all right, cool. All right, anything else on this episode or the office in general before we go? Say maybe a ribbon g- could go to Stanley for the best moment of the episode. Like, his eye roll is just iconic. Uh, (laughs) Like, I could... It cracks me up every time. Uh, Just... And it's so real life, too. Like, I could just imagine a character like that at my own office. Like, just someone who doesn't care enough to even fake any solidarity with any other coworkers. Just does his own thing. Does his crossword in in the meetings. And You know, I I think his response was... was, uh... Yeah, it was good. And it's really on brand with Stanley, especially on when he brand, becomes yeah. later. But I kind of think Martin's, Martin's look on his face throughout that exchange is even better. He's, <laughs> he, he gives, gives uh, Stanley the what's up nod, and he kind of smirks at him like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the two black guys in the office. And then when, when Stanley rolls his eyes, Martin is just defeated. It's, uh, it's pretty great reactions. The first day at the office, man, like, that's... That's that's pretty bad. That's, I that's think you're coming start. around. This is a this is a good episode. That that one. I'm gonna go back and rewatch that one. You know, over one, and over again. One minute clip over and over again. It's All it's right. the best. I, it's good. I I think I still like like Andy's first exchange with Michael and Andy's first exchange with Dwight even better when he says like, "Do you know anything about movies? I know everything about them. I've seen over two hundred forty. 
Like, yeah, Dwight, I mean, actually, Dwight says that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's Andy. He's always thinking one step ahead, just like a carpenter that makes stairs. There you go. Thank you again for joining Six Pennies Podcast. I hope that you've watched this episode before you listen to our podcast. I think it's very necessary. Otherwise, we sound like idiots. Uh, please <laughs> leave us a comment on Facebook. Tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Are you Team Jim or are you Team Roy? And I do not expect any Team Roy to be standing up. Uh, it's an embarrassing claim to make. Uh, but let us know, too, what you think of the, the show, this episode, and give us a rating on iTunes and, and a like on Facebook. 